Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Connect with DP City. As always, your host Kyle Headley here. I have my beautiful wife in the studio, Sharissa Headley, and everyone's favorite aunt, Aunt DP City, Miss Mary Uribe. Yes! Uribe's. Uribe's. Well, I knew I was going to mess that up, but, <laughs> you know, we got a correction. It's good. She said S. Uribe's. 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 What yeah. is that? Where does that? Basque. Basque. I don't even know. Do you know That's, where that you is? You know where France Greece, is, right? France and, and uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. There's this little place up there called Basque. I mean, huh. um, I'm not Basque. It's called. Well, that's where the ba- oh, is it Portugal? They the Basque live there, and they have their own language and all this. And we've been, you know, we, we just found that out. Rudy and I did it probably about five years. What's ago. your maiden name? Baxter. And that's English, right? English. Yeah. Yes. See, I know a thing or two. Look at you, <laughs> history teacher over I'm, here. I'm, I'm 99.9% English. Oh, man, what's wow. the point one? The point oh one is, uh, I believe it's European. I think it's German. Oh. Because my grandmother said I have German hands. They're square, and they're good for working. <laughs> that's so, almost mean. They so give you the 1%. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, my, that's a good percent. Gardening. Oh, there yeah. you go. So, Mary, why don't you tell us how how long have you been attending DP City? Seven years. Seven years. How did you find it? You know, it's funny. I was visiting my daughter in Wyoming, and I was getting, she was going to take me to the airport. She says, well, can we go to this meeting first? And I'm like, sure. So we went there, and it was something about the community. And we are like a fellow, that, that they were a fellow people with this church. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? So I got home. I told Rudy, I says, let's go over here and try this church. Because, you know, we had other circumstances going on. But, yeah, we tried it, and we said, you know what? We're staying here. You know? That's crazy. She found a church down the street from her house while right. she was in Wyoming. Mean. Yeah. That's God. I think that's a God thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what was that meeting about, just like a community? It was a, a lot of people there. It was like a church meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that was a few years ago, so. I mean, like I remember, mm-hmm. I was right. oh, it had started snowing. It was in May, and Whoa. it started snowing. I'm like, get to the airport, <laughs> but uh, we stopped there, and it was it was really interesting. And you said I that was there. your daughter? Yeah, my daughter. Mary. How many kids do you have? I have three daughters. One's in heaven. She went to heaven in '09, mm. and then I have my uh, May, who's in uh, Wyoming. She's 58. And then my youngest daughter is Elizabeth, who is 56. Oh, wow. wow. And then two All girls. Two granddaughters and a grandson. Yeah. All girls. Oh, and kind of like Irish triplets, huh? Just one it's after another. It's kind of like a sorority house. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy was like, I'm in a sorority house. Oh, Poor this guy. Too much. <laughs> you guys were taking his marbles. Oh, I'm telling you. He <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, Joe Rogan, he's a comedian, has this popular skit of the reason why Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and he talks about because he's married and has two daughters and he says your manhood is like a pile of marbles in, in a room he's like but when you live with all women they just come in and take two marbles every day he's like now imagine living with the Kardashians he's like they're crazy so they probably each take five or six marbles every day <laughs> Bruce just ran out of marbles that's why yes. <laughs> so <laughs> funny <laughs> Funny I'm little so skit. Like so you, you've been married, or you were married to Rudy for how many years? Fifty-eight years. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. We we dated for two years, 
and then we got married in 63, and then we celebrated 58 years the day before he passed away. And, wow. Uh, so it was, it was a good, it was a good marriage. You know, there were like three years, what is it, we had, we were married 58 years, and we had 55 happy ones. <laughs> <laughs> so That's every, not bad. Everybody kind of had, you have to go through some of that so yeah. that you realize how much you love Especially somebody. if right. your three years were spread out. Yeah. You know, well, they were with they were within the seventeen. The first seventeen, Mm. there was like uh, I think it was seven, eleven, and seventeen. Oh, you guys hit some milestones. And then we said, "This is, we're here." And when did Rudy pass away? Uh, Two and a half years ago, January the fifth, twenty one. And how long? I mean, obviously, lifetime love. You know, you're always kind of going to be not. Not necessarily grieving. I don't know if that's the right word, but missing, probably. Well, it's kind of, we had a routine where we had, he did what he wanted during the day. You know, he was here and there, and I was out doing my stuff. You know, like he would work in the garage with woodwork or whatever, and I'd maybe be sewing or whatever. We'd have our little hobbies, and we'd do it. Mm-hmm. And then about 9 o'clock, we'd come together and held hands and watch TV, to get, watch something together. Mm. And uh, and so we had this, the routine, we... And we took a long, long drives. Those were the best mm. because you have a chance to just talk. Talk, right? Yeah, we're yeah. big drivers. We yeah, we, we actually just said that, that last <laughs> night. Like we missed going on drives, <laughs> where we would just you know grab a grab a forty four ounce from Seven Eleven and get in the car and drink our slushies and just drive and have no destination. Don't know where we're gonna end up and. That's how we, yes, how we did it. Yeah. I, that's something I did realize I was missing mm-hmm. was just, oh, let's get in the car and go. Yeah. And now it's, you know, kind of, I'm just kind of coming out uh, from that uh, yeah, now. Hmm. But there, for a long while, it was like, oh, he'll be coming through that door anytime. Mm-hmm. And now it's, now I'm, you know, that's used to it. Down. Yeah. Um, so did both of you guys work? Were you guys like a working couple or? I didn't start working till I think I'd be, we'd been married twelve years, and I worked for American Greetings, which was a you know, part time mm. merchandiser Card. for the cards, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then my boss told me he says there's an opportunity coming with this other company, and he says he says you know because you're so quick with what you do, you're not making the money for mm-hmm. you know because you get paid by the hour. Mm. He says you might like this as a sales rep, so I went and applied for it. Well, I called them on the phone, and they says, well, we've already got somebody. And I says, hey. And I told them all I did for American Greetings. I, w- I was the one that added the um, the middle aisle with uh, those big cards. Mm-hmm. They'd never done that before. Mm. And um, It's okay. <laughs> and anyhow, so I had, you know, I was sharing how I increased their, their sales. And he says, you know what? Why don't you come down to our office in L.A., and, and we'll uh, talk about this. Wow. So they next they when I went down there they hired me, and uh, I worked there for about ten years. I had the like to Coachella to Twenty Nine Palms, Big Bear, uh, Fallbrook. Uh, that that was my territory. Doing uh, merchandising. It w- well, it was a sales rep for automotive products mm. like your booster cables, your uh, carburetor cleaners, and your turtle wax. Oh, okay. You know it like Stater Brothers. Yeah. Any any. Uh, Major food store. That's where I. Where yeah. I so worked. you were supplying the. Yeah, I would make the order up and send it in, and it was really um, profitable for me. And Rudy, what did he do? 
He was, uh, he worked for the city of Rialto in the water department, started out as a laborer and uh, finished as a supervisor. And uh, he was there, I think, well, he said he wanted to retire at 50, and that's what he did. So uh, he, he, I think he was there 28 years. Never went back to work after 50? Well, uh, it's funny you should say that. We built a house, and um, about after about three years, let's see, we built it in 90. And in 97, we were traveling down to Oceanside. And we were looking for a weekend place. And he saw this ad in the paper for a um, behind-the-wheel and uh, classroom teacher for dr bus drivers. So he had his credentials for to do that. So he says, hey, how about I'm going to co come down here Monday and uh, check it out. And so he started working for them. And he commuted for, uh, let's see, that was like in October. And then I packed the house up and rented it out. And I came down in uh, 98, I think it was. And uh, then we ended up buying a home in Oceanside and, and lived there. So we sold the house that we made. Mm -hmm. And um, then we moved. We were there in Oceanside. And he says, well, honey, the first so many years was in the heat. But now you get your cold. Aww. Well, <laughs> in a few years, we were having arthritis. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's like, take me back, take me back. <laughs> and so he says, well, I'm going to look online, you know, and he found a house here in Hemet. And I, Hemet was one of my areas, and I used to think, who in the world would live here, <laughs> you know, intentionally live here? Yeah. And so we came, and that was the year where they had the, it was in um, 06, and it was a great heat wave here. And he got shingles, you know, you know it was just, but I love it here. I love this flat That's funny. Band. My dad used to say oh. the same thing, like, who would live in Hammett? And lo and behold, he moved us here when we were in sixth grade. He actually had opportunity because my dad built the Damagoni Dam. Oh. Yeah, he was the general foreman for the company when they were building it. And he was there when they discovered the mammoths and all that. And he actually got opportunity to buy a piece of land that overlooks the lake Ooh. for $80,000. It was like oh, a wow. five-acre property or something like that overlooking the lake. And my my dad was like, ah, because we lived in L.A. at the time. He's like, who would live there? You know, like it's far from the freeway. It would have been perfect. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible Man. commute for all my jobs. Like it's good for this one job, but after that, most yeah. of his work was in L.A. And then like two years later, we moved out there and – I remember when my parents were looking for a house in, like, 2007, he was like, I'm going to look up that property. And I don't know how they found it, but it was, like, worth three-point-something million. <laughs> my dad kicked himself in the butt so bad. Yeah. It was funny. When we, when we built our house, we bought the property, and it was, I think it was, like, an acre. And what we did, we, we made, it, I had two houses here in our house. We made our house, uh, the, like, the length of the two. But... Um, that was like 85000 for the land, just the acre. And that was like in the 90. Well, I saw this crazy stat that says uh, since 19, or since the year 2000, so the past 23 years, um, wages have gone up 25%. So minimum wage to from 19, or from 2000 to today, 25% increased. And a lot of people are like, well, that's good. People should still be able to like live. But the price of owning a house or a property, 230% markup. Yes, yes. So, yeah, the increase of wages is significant, 
but the it, the cost to own a property or a house is way yeah. like the difference has yeah. the gap so hasn't been closed. Need is proportionate. With couples, you you need both two incomes in order to be yeah. Able you to need multi incomes. Yeah. And passive income too. Like you you have to have multiple streams of income now almost to be able to not be house broke, you know. Yeah. Afford a afford your mortgage, but also be able to afford a car payment and groceries and bills, you know. When we got married, Rudy was making one twenty five every two weeks. And the houses were like sixty five dollars a month or rent. And uh well, I was like, what the hell? Anyhow. For the houses? Yeah, the houses. We we bought a house like three years later. It was my mm-hmm. grandmother's. And so they, they sold it to us, and we went through the you know, the whole thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. given to us. Right. And, uh, and everything. And I can remember, let's see, that was in 66. And then I think it was in 70, I worked as a waitress for $1.65 an hour. That was minimum wage then. Wow. And then I kept my tips in a little thing. And in May, my, my, my beautiful daughter, May, she became the neighborhood champion at, at what is it, the Pac-Man? Really? <laughs> With my tips. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but anyhow, that's that's, that's funny. Back. Did you see that story about the mom uh, from West Valley? She's a waitress. She, her daughter just graduated this year, and she had been saving all oh, of her change yes. from tips. Not the dollars, but just the change. Right. Uh, for the past, I think, like she said, from when her daughter was in sixth grade yeah. or something like that. But she had close to $10,000 to uh, over those many years of just quarters and dimes yes. and nickels and stuff. And she paid for her daughter's senior, her um, what, what they wanted to do because it was single mother wanted to go to Hawaii together and they did like a two week vacation after she graduated high school and oh, all just beautiful. on her change from her tips for that many years. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever been to Hawaii? I just went last uh, January, this past January. Really? My By gra- yourself? My granddaughter's husband's mother lives there. Oh. So she comes out twice a year and stays three months each time. And so uh, this past year, she talked to my my da- granddaughter's husband. She says, do you think Mary would want to go back with me? You're like, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Mary's like, let me check my calendar. Oh, just opened up. <laughs> yes, I'm open that way. So I got to spend, I go there, I went to Kona, mm-hmm. and it's on the side that faces Japan. So it's more of a desert side, mm-hmm. and then we but we did go up where they have all the uh, little tropical mm-hmm. things like that. You spent uh, like a week or yeah, a week. Are you gonna go back? I probably will. Was a week enough? Kinda, you know, because I'm not I'm not used really used to being without Rudy. So it went, mm-hmm. and we had I, I took a few days to get used to the being there. I had never met her husband, and so he was there, and he he was a cook for the Navy. Okay. So we had breakfast and lunch and dinner, <laughs> and he was, you know, he gave us just the right amount, and uh, it was really nice. And I had a lot of Maui, not Maui, yeah, Maui, ma- ma- mahi, mahi, tuna, yeah. tuna. Oh, it's tuna. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> they, were, they were this thick, you know, inch and a half or something. But it was yeah, but it's not like the tuna you get. It's not like the, the chicken of the sea. Yeah. yeah it's like fresh cut. I'm not going to lie. I like my tuna 
sandwiches. Uh, oh, I haven't I, had them in so, oh, so long, but I, I love it. tuna sandwiches. I used to make a new creation every single time because my, my family liked the traditional where it was like onions and pickles and like yeah. just all the traditional stuff, which there's nothing wrong that I'm just not an onion person. I like to believe I'm allergic to it, so I would make my own <laughs> with pickles still. But yeah, I would be like, I'd go into our cabinets and see what spices, you know, the ones that are in the back that not everyone touches or like mom or someone bought at some point at the store and just left it up there. So I'd be like creating different things, but I loved mine with lemon. Oh, wow. It was so good. I just threw out all my spices. Did you? Because I don't eat anything but meat and I don't use but salt and pepper. And so I cleaned all that out. But I get my tuna at Costco, Mm -hmm. the albacore. Oh, hey, and yeah. that's really good. So I you just eat it straight out of the can, then, See, since like you don't no eat water. Bread. I do put pick, sweet pickle relish. Yeah, and onions are sweet, so they told me I should be having those. But oh, I love it with onions. But then I put some mayonnaise in it. You know, yeah, I have a day like once a week that I'm like, hey, let's add something here. Yeah, and so I'll do that. But I love tuna. I could eat tuna every day. So how do you like the carnivore diet? I like it. Yeah. I mean, I was like a big balloon that went, and uh, this this went down. Well, it's, I, I'm not going to show you now, but it went <laughs> from what it was. I've lost 20 pounds, yeah, hey. and I did that the first year. And this last year, maybe I've gotten a little like, oh, I want something else, you know. And so, But it, when you do eat something else, you don't feel good. You, mm-hmm. It just uh, it swells up your body because it brings inflammation and, you know, and all that. But with the carnivore... All my numbers are in my labs and everything are perfect. Oh wow! And they've never been like that. It was perfect. And uh, no, there's a there's a study about I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try not to butcher this, but about the carnivore diet and in relation to fighting cancer. Mm-hmm. And they said that tumors actually feed off of sugar. It's it actually mm-hmm. can grow a tumor. And but when you teach your body to feed off of fat, which is mostly mostly what you get from a carnivore diet, right. you start burning different kind of oils. Yes, that tumors cannot feed off of fat die. for some reason, so they never grow or they shrivel and die. So they tell a lot of people who are going through cancer treatments, even though obviously it's hard to eat or whatever, um, you know, because chemo you feel sick and stuff yeah. like that. They say try to cut everything and just eat like grass fed. Beef, beef or bison yeah. if you can and and yeah it's pricey but it's gonna help you fight the battle well you know? i'll tell you how pricey this is i buy a roast i cut it in four four slices put it in the instapot that's four dinners and i've maybe paid eight or ten dollars mm. oh wow so that's four dinners and that's it i'm not putting any dessert i'm not putting any vegetables Lettuce, uh, salad dressing. Uh, there's so you nothing. don't do no vegetables, no anything? No, no, yeah. No fruit, no vegetables, just the meat. And it's totally sad. It satisfies you. You don't, after you eat this, you don't go, what else is there? Where when you eat dinner, regular dinner, you're like, oh, now what can I have? And then mm-hmm. you start grazing in the kitchen. And well, that's something that changed in America. I don't know what time really, but eating got off of a thing that we have to do to something we enjoy doing. You know, it got off to, I need to fuel my body to where I can do this, this, and this to where, Oh, you want to come over and have 
a barbecue you want to come over for you know social eating became a thing yeah and that's where obesity and a bunch of different things really started to take over because we associated any kind of social um thing with food you know well like you said when when that's the case you eat an appetizer and then you're like oh i'm gonna go back and get some chips or like okay now the burgers are ready and then uh, oh what who has apple pie you know stuff like that Versus when you're on the carnivore diet, you probably, maybe there's times where you're looking forward to eating, but you're probably more eating out of knowing that, hey, I have, have to. I have to eat there's because I need to put something in my meal or my right. body. And you can eat until you're full yeah. with meat. You can eat. When I first started, I would have like a one pound ribeye. And I did that, so you know, a bit. And I'm thinking that was kind of, it worked really good because I was just, like I said, the error, the inflation, m mm-hmm. Inflammation. Inflammation went out of my body, and it was like the first time I had this uh, this part. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a long time, I used to have the six abs. That was uh, is it a six pack? Six pack. Six pack. My abs. Yeah, back in eighty in the eighties. Were you a bodybuilder? Yes, I was. Really? Yes, I was. You were out there on Venice Beach just well, killing it? I <laughs> was doing it at the gym, <laughs> and they said, you know, we'd like to have you, uh, you know. Model. Uh, do that, you know, go where you go on stage and oh, do all okay, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, all right, I pick my music out and all this. Well, then I, my daughter's, I, things happened, and I kind of, I felt oh, no. like I needed to be there for her. We them. must know, hold on, if you can remember, what was your song? Respect. Hey. A, is that Aretha Franklin? She went R E S P E C T. Popping out a different ab each letter. Wow. Is that still your song? When that song comes no. on, do you get super excited and just well, start singing it? I do. I get excited over music from the, the 60s. We're going to have to get you that. a shirt that says R E S P E C T. Aunt Lord. Mary. <laughs> Aunt Mary and the Lord. Well, I'm, ha- I'm having a garage sale with my neighborhood in October, and I went in there and I took all my CDs that might have related to that. Uh, and they're going out to the, the garage sale. And I'm just having my Christian music in the, in the, ho- in the house. Just because that's what I'm in doing in this time of my life. I've done mm-hmm. it before, you know. And then it's like, yeah. well, I really like her, <laughs> Tina Turner. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, there's that show. Did you ever watch The Masked Singer? Yes. So Sharissa was spot on with the legends. Like they had, who do they have on there? Um, Gladys Knight. Yeah. And oh. she she like she called her out like on the second episode. There's some other ones too that are like. 60s, 70s, 80s legends, and she got them all. Not wow. me. I was yeah. like, I grew up on all that. Oh, I never knew anybody's name going. I would I always start dancing. Related to, <laughs> to the song, I'm like, no, they sing this, or there was a few that I knew the yeah. exact name of. I got, yeah. I got little bow wow. That was about <laughs> it. Now there was a singer that I didn't back in the time, back a few years back, called Candy Statton, and she now sings gospel. And when I made the transition, I had a great epiphany in my life in, in 18, um, 18, in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, give it away. Uh, and that's when I gave my whole life to the Lord mm. and understood. I, I prayed to him, give me the want to and the will to, because to, I got kind of off track to stop all the, you know, this. Mm-hmm. And he gave me two weeks of victory. I was like in a bubble, but she was my catalyst for not listening to other music 
and I listened to her music for all that time. And she had one song, Sin Doesn't Live Here Anymore, mm. and uh, Glorify Your Name, and The Anointing. And the, I mean, there's, you can still hear them on, on YouTube. But those have, those have grabbed me and really helped me through that transition. And uh, it still does that to me today when, I, when I'm reading Good. my word. Let's yeah, see. I think it's super cool when you have, uh, especially because I love music. I've always loved music my whole life. And uh, it's really cool when you see an artist that you connect to when they're in the world uh -huh. and see them do the translation. And then it helps you when you want to trans, you know, get off worldly music. And there's an, an artist that you're already familiar with and connected to who is now singing gospel yes. music. You know, Justin Bieber as wacky and crazy as he is, he came out with three or four worship songs a few years ago and it changed so many kids. Like so many kids were just mm -hmm. like, what? He, like he did a whole concert with uh, Chandler Moore and stuff, a free concert in LA, but well, it wasn't free. In order to get your ticket, you had to do a six hour community service project where you fed the homeless. Oh, and when you fed wonderful. the homeless, you got a free ticket to a Justin Bieber, Chandler Moore concert. And he played some of his older songs too, uh -huh. but they had a good... I want to say hour, hour fifteen set minute set of worship with yeah. him and Justin Bieber, and it was like it was really cool because it taught a lot of like thousands of kids, you know, hey, you serve people and then you get rewarded, and then let me talk to you about God. And like he was crying and weeping on the stage, oh, and like wonderful. not just scripted, like I'm gonna sing this right. worship song, but truly like worshiping Sitting in the in moment, it, not like the song yeah. ends in two minutes type of thing, but it was just. Yes. engulfing in God's just like presence altogether. That's so really I cool. love stuff like that because it, it it was impactful to the, the kids. And when I showed that video in youth, a bunch of our kids were like, what? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Rams, the Rams stadium was sold out with those tickets. Well, especially because like if you think of like um, awards video, uh, the award shows and all that good stuff, a lot of them when they, they win, they come up to the mic and they're like, Oh, I just want to thank God and da da, but it's like, okay, your music isn't necessarily showing that type right. of thing, you know. So it for me, it would always create a confusion. Like, how are you condoning so much things in your music? But then the first thing you say is, you know, I want to thank God. And don't get me wrong, it's good that they acknowledge and yes. they know who God is, but... But it's sending the wrong message to yeah, those that are listening. that it's okay to still walk within the world, and then at the end of... Because, I mean, let's be real, the, the enemy is not going to be upset or, like, getting hard on you when you're following the things of the world. He's just going to let you be. You're going to have yeah. good things coming, quote-unquote, in your life, but it's not going to be a godly thing, and that's not... That blessing is not necessarily from God. Yes, because Satan, the more he can keep you in the world, the happier he is. Right. And the more you influence you have on others to keep you from even knowing God. Right. And the, and he can, he's a deceiver. Well, mm -hmm. Satan doesn't care if, if those people are giving God his cookies at the award show because they're, they're making more of an impact on their day-to-day -day life for the negative than lives they're changing for that three-minute speech that they're having about God you know what I mean he's that he's not going to be pressed about that at all because you're turning around and playing music about sleeping with multiple women and doing drugs and getting drunk and shooting and stuff like that 
Well, that's what they're going to go out and listen to. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go driving in their car and listen to your three-minute award show speech. So that that little time that you're giving God his cookies is, go ahead. Satan's probably just laughing when you do that because he knows that you're going to turn. They're all Everyone who listens to that is going to, really what's going to happen He's is probably people. probably thinking like, well, yeah, that's me that. Really, what's going to happen is people are going to hear that and be like, oh, wow, so-and-so, thanks God, I'm going to listen to his music, and more people are going to be exposed to his music. When I was a kid, what I would have done, and I loved hip-hop and rap growing up, and my dad, God bless him, and, and you know, rest in peace, I miss my dad dearly, he didn't fully understand. My dad was a worship leader, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't fully understand the obsession and the culture be- behind rap music, and he was part of that wave that rap music was evil period. And so what I would have done had I been a kid in that time, if a rapper, whoever went up on a award show and thanked God, you know, I would have used that as my excuse as to why I can listen to his music, knowing that his music is not great, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's not edifying the right thing, knowing that it's, but that's, that would have been my argument with my dad would have been like, well, he's a Christian. You know, here's yeah. his here's his speech. So why can't I listen to his music? You know what I mean? And my dad would probably say something and I would be like, well, you know, you like Elvis. So what's the difference? You know, but that's doing more harm to the spirit of the kid and and allowing them to be um, exposed to it. You know, I like to I like to call it a gas station God or a convenience store Christ. Those oh, people. Yeah. They, they like to have a God when they need to stop at the gas station or they need some chips from the convenience store and then they get back on the road and then they're all by themselves doing the, going their own path again, you know, but they need a ghastly fill up or they need some, you know, they need a drink. So they're going to stop at the convenience store Christ or the gas station God and get their little fill up, get their chips and then go on their way again. Well, you hear the first thing somebody says when they are in trouble is, oh, God, mm-hmm. help me. Yeah, everyone believes in God when the airplane engine starts sparking. Yes, yes. And I, when I get on the plane, I think, this might be my day. I get to go oh, see no. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like, don't, <laughs> don't take offense to this. I feel like old people who have lived a great life and know where they're going when they die have the best at outlook on life and attitude because it's like, yeah, well, so what if something happens? Like. <laughs> I think that just in general, though, when you have that revelation, we were just talking with Tracy, and she said the same thing. She was like, man, when I got saved, I was like, all right, take me, God, and <laughs> let's go. And her family's like, what are you doing? Get back on the right side of the road type of thing. Like, I'm sure, are you a roller coaster person? There was one roller coaster I would ride at Magic Mountain. And it was started with an E, and I can't remember, but it was like the Cadillac of the rides. It was smooth. Yes. And if you didn't scream, and if you just mm-hmm. sat there, it was enjoyable. Even better, because you were you were exper- experiencing every uh, that, yeah. that thing just quietly, and you're just see. But I'm sure now. If you could, you probably wouldn't even care. Like if someone was like, "Get on the roller coaster," you'd be like, "All right, let's go!" Like oh, whatever well, happens. Actually, well. <laughs> Come on, like no, hard pass. You don't want to go diving with sharks? No, no. I She's would like, rather I meet God. I don't want to be thrown into <laughs> that. Is... I, I like to. I like to talk with people. Mm-hmm. I will do that. You know, anywhere. We. Yeah. I'm started. I'm going to this new Bible study, and I'm like, there. Oh, is this your first time? I was here last week. You know, and my name's this, and mm-hmm. what's yours? And 
you know, so I, and I do that. That's my thing. That's, you know, talk to people. But I found out you don't do that on the airplane mm. until you have about 10 minutes left to fly because you don't want to bur- burden somebody. Make friends. Oh. You don't want to burden them. Well, oh. I, I have to, there's two ways of looking at this. Uh, and then at other times I meet somebody and I think, oh, I wish I had talked to him at the beginning. They're so interesting. I had gone to a to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at Tommy Barnett's uh, church, and we went there for a seminar and all this, and well, with uh, street people and and that, and we went there for so I got the soul winning information and all the packets. So I get on the plane, and I'm next to these two girls from the uh, they're Chinese girls, and they're nur- they're nurses here in California, but they're going they went there to get their certification. So we're on the plane, so I thought, Mary, start doing this, what you just learned. So I start talking to her and this and that, and she goes, I says, would you like to accept Christ as your Savior? And she goes, yes. And I'm like, really? Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) So it was wonderful. And then I asked her sister, it was her sister, and I says, well, would you? And she goes, no. And then the girl, she says, I'll get her later. (laughs) But yeah, she accepted the Lord, and I thought, how wonderful to... Yeah, you know, learn something and mm-hmm. implement it before it leaves you. Right. You know, and so when I got back, I started a soul winning class, and, and we went out knocking on doors and things like that. But yeah, you don't know who you're going to meet on the plane. Mm-hmm. But I have had an experience where you just would rather not have talked to that person, mm. and you, you know, but just sit there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it make, it definitely makes sense because you don't. I mean, I enjoy talking to people in general, but there are times where you just want to kind of sit and be and... Yeah, just enjoy the solitude. Yeah, when you're a kind person, you don't want to make them feel like you don't want to have conversation. What are you reading? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was trying to read. (laughs) Oh, you got that? You you got some nuts you want to share? Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, We had a a terrible experience the last time we were on an airplane. We went from... uh, Texas to Washington for her best friend's wedding and one of my childhood friends. And we got stuck on the runway for like two hours in the airplane. And it was like a hundred degrees outside and they hadn't turned the airplane on. So there was no air vents and we could not breathe me. And Oh, it was COVID time too. So you had to have your mask on. You're cooking. Oh yeah. It was terrible. (laughs) It was so bad. And you're all that for like a 45 minute flight. Cause we were going from Spokane to, yeah, it was so, I don't know. We so had quick. we got the cheapest tickets we could, so we had like four layovers. And, but um, yeah, it was like a forty-five minute flight, and we were stuck on the runway for two hours with no air, no couldn't breathe, no water. And we had our masks on. Oh, we were, oh it, it was, was hot. it was miserable. That would be a good time to say, doesn't this feel like H E L L? Oh man, <laughs> let so, me tell you how you cannot. Oh, well, there you go. How you don't you don't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you can avoid this now. Um, yeah. If you don't mind me asking. Because I know I'm not supposed to ask this question. How old are you? I just, well, 77. 77. So at 77 years of age, is there anything on your bucket list that you haven't done that you want to make sure you do? Anything, it could be your wildest dreams. My plan was to climb Mount Everest when I was 80. But I have since changed that. <laughs> I think <laughs> you have gotten wise. <laughs> I, I'm not the person I was, you know, just 30 years ago. Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, I just want to be in the presence of the Lord all the time. And I now I'm like, I have I go to different Bible studies and different connect groups. And 
things like that, and it's just enhanced my living tremendously. But I just enjoy like reading the Word of God and my gardening, you know, when the weather's right. But um, don't take life serious because actually that's not what it's here on earth. That's here on earth. This is the world. And um, that's what I was going to say, like with Rudy and I, our thing was do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Mm. So you don't have to prove you're right. You can just say, you know, I'm just like, it doesn't matter. And and you go on and don't get get uh, what sweat over the little the details yeah, yeah. You know, the small <laughs> stuff yeah mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. They say that that's a I read an article and they say that's a big reason why second marriages work out. They said because first marriages you don't know that and you start you know me and Sharice have this long going joke about how I always put the toilet paper on the wrong way. And, and I do it now just to be silly. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's silly. But in a first marriage, those <laughs> those are the things that tend to drive you crazy. You know, unless you reach a certain point where you don't, you're not going to sweat that. But when you get to a second marriage, a lot of times you realize, oh, if the toothpaste goes on the right side and not the left, it's really not that big of a deal. Or if the toilet paper, it's not that big of a deal. You choose not to argue over those type of things. You know. Yeah. But um, I promise, I've never let her fall into the toilet seat i always put the toilet seat down very good very good <laughs> i think I, that's a good are you sure i think so we, I, we do have a son an eight-year-old son so okay <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had one thing there was one thing that rudy did and i just thought why well, what <laughs> only, one? only one only one thing he was so good but he would leave the washcloth in the tub well, he grew up with just a tub. They didn't have hot water, and they would, you know, cook, uh, heat it up, and put it in the tub. But he always left his washcloth in the tub, and I'm just like, what? And he <laughs> bring it out, you know. So yeah. and it's like it was a big thing for me, and uh, and I look back now. Well, that was dumb. Wait, he know? did that all the way up until? No, he did change. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say he <laughs> was delivered because we stopped fine. using washcloths. We were using those little scrunchy things. Yeah. The loofahs? <laughs> well, that little, like a, a nylon wrapped yeah. around a little bowl. Yeah, it's called a loofah. Yeah. Well, those are the scratchy oh. things. I use the gloves. Oh. Yes, those, that's like a whole body thing. See, I like the gloves. I have some, but the only thing is I I like to wash them often, <laughs> like just to make sure it stays. Oh, I, so wash, I, I wash mine out and wring them tight and yeah. hang them on the shower and let them dry. And then the, ready for the next time, but they have to dry. No, I do the same thing, but I just, I don't know, I like to also run through the wash, I guess. Oh, I, I don't know if that's good for you. I figure that might hurt the other clothes. There. Well, see, now I just start, I'll buy a new one after oh. after so long. Yeah, oh, if I, I could, I, w- I would never wash clothes. <laughs> if I could, I would never wash clothes. I would just buy new clothes. Well, I'm not a fan of laundry anymore. But I'm not that too. rich. <laughs> clothes are expensive. But yeah, if I could, I would just... Buy clothes and then donate them, and then wash new, and then buy new clothes. Well, I've lived long enough to have a big wardrobe, there so it's go. like <laughs> it, I, it can be a month or two before I have to, you know, wash. But then it's a mission when you have to wash. Well, no, well, I I could I have to talk off. <laughs> Tell you later, yeah. And so you know how you wear something once. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. you lay it it's down. It's not dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or you let, wear it once and you hang it here. And then once it's hung there for a couple of days, you put it in the, back in the closet. Yeah. And you've only you worn it, put it on after your shower, and you take it off two hours later. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. My my parents. Yeah, I wore before I washed. My parents, my parents instilled that in me. I think it was because we were poor and we couldn't afford to do a lot of laundry. But there was actually rules, like t-shirts you wear twice before you wash, pajamas you could wear for like two weeks mm-hmm. before you wash, pants you could wear three times, shorts. You could, <laughs> there was rules. The Hopefully only thing that went, undies. yeah, the only thing that went into the dirty clothes after one wash or one wear was undies and socks. And right. other than that, everything like we had. Like my, my parents would do fit checks and make sure. When was the last time you wore those shorts? <laughs> Why are you trying to wash That's like them? Keen eye with his school clothes. I was like, I was outside playing baseball. They have to be dirty. <laughs> like, there's no way. Yeah, I have. I wear shorts and a tank top when I work in the yard. Then I'll hose myself off, go into my little pool, and swim. And then I'll come in the house. It dries off. I stay cool all day. Then I'll wear it to bed. Oh, nice. And I get up the next day. I work in the yard. So I can do that for three days with that outfit because it, it's always clean. Yeah. So that's, you know, I have ways that I keep where I don't really wash. I, I, I told Sharissa the first youth beach trip that we had, you came flossing on all of us. You looked. You looked so good. Yeah, oh you my were stunting. Goodness. You were stunting on all of us. I was like, man, the beach babe has arrived. I'm surprised she wasn't running down the shore in slow motion just trying I to. I think everyone thought Baywatch had just arrived. <laughs> like to, high key. Trying to save lives over here. That was, Yeah. I loved that bathing suit. I still love it. It looks so good on you. I'm using that one to wear out and not in my (laughs) house. But I found about a whole bunch more. And I don't know who it is, but somebody took the picture of you all just... Just showing off, Teresa did. And I, but I don't think was that one that you showed, or I didn't. Oh see yeah, it. we had to show it. I, I, I showed. The, I, I showed the one where down. I showed. The, I think I showed the one with all of you guys. Okay, because when you were showing it, all of the ones of you were good though. I think I, I reached down to get something, and they said, "Oh, that was you." And I'm like, "That always happens." <laughs> you know, I was. We, Rudy and I had gone to see uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And they had panned me. I mean, I was it was the whole screen, and I I never I'm saw not, it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a fan of when it happens to me. But I feel bad when someone comes. I have a friend who just recently told me, I who showed that picture. I can't believe it. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it was a good picture, but yeah, they didn't think so. I'm yeah. really good at Wheel of Fortune. Yes, but I am too. Maybe not. Jeopardy. I don't know about in the moment. I don't know about because yeah. I, I feel like, like that's a lot of pressure when you're the person what? behind the yeah yeah when it's your turn. You're sitting there like oh I know that. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. that, that. You know but, what are you guys blind? <laughs> but I'm pretty good at it. Jeopardy just depends. Jeopardy is such a game that the the questions could be so vast and different. It could be good if the if the what is it the topics are something that you know right. and if or, not or you'll come up with the answer thinking well that's the one thing I can think of and it's the answer yeah. and you're like. Oh, I, I wish I'd have known. Or you start that doubting that. yourself. Well, you think it. You're not sure. You. It's the first thing that comes to your mind, and you're really not sure that maybe that's it. But just something mm-hmm. to think of. So then, when you get it, you're like, "Well, I wish I'd have known that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wish I'd have knew that I knew it." Yeah. You know. I think I would. I don't think I'd be good at Jeopardy just because the whole question as the answer thing confuses me. I that would still confuse. I would me, never. Yeah. I would never get the that fast enough ever. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need you need your turn. Like, n- like none of this none of this buzzer stuff. Just let me know when it's my turn. <laughs> oh, Mary, it's your turn. <laughs> Thank you. That's why Wheel of Fortune would work good for you. Yes, you don't have to because buzz. you it's just say, "Hey, I got it," and I'm gonna wait. 
you know, you, you try to get more points or more dollars yeah. rung up and all that. And yeah. I like those. I like the history type ones too, where they quiz on history. I, I love those ones too. I don't know. I, I'm a pool of weird, random facts and knowledge and stuff. It kind of drives her crazy because she's like, where did that come from? But. I kind of have that in here. It's kind of, I don't know if I was talking to somebody. I think it was a youth or something asked me something, and I'm like, takes a while for it to get to, i so crammed. It's I got so much up here. It's in there, I know. It it will just take a while. You know, I need a GPS for this one. And, uh, yeah, because they'll all say, oh, it dropped out. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah, then you have to say, I only the important stuff am I going to listen to because I can't keep all of that up mm-hmm. She was really good at Price is Right. Oh. We, we used to watch that, like, in the mornings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was really good at that. Well, I, was, I liked Wheel of Fortune. Too, yeah, though. you're really good at Wheel of Fortune mm-hmm. also. But Price is Right, you always made me look dumb because you would, like. Well, I shopped. Yeah. yeah. I shopped well, that's for my it. mom yeah. all the time. So <laughs> You could do that with the, the Bible. What, Wheel, Wheel of, of Fortune? You could do Jeopardy. Oh, mm. yeah. yeah. They well, did. we're actually doing the Jeopardy version for the school at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, the other one I like a lot, I love the show, is Family Feud. That is quite, it's funny. I don't watch those anymore. I don't watch any of those anymore, but yeah, that was a good one. I love Family And, and when they would come up with the, the dumbest. Yes. <laughs> like, Why would you even say that, right? <laughs> or something that splits their marriage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Those are, she showed me a video of like, it was one of those like dumbest answers on Family Feud. And I was just sitting here thinking like, why do these people say these things? Like, you're... You not think before you speak. Like yeah, somebody well, messed up in your parent when you were being raised and did not teach you think before you speak. Yeah, wait ten seconds before you say something. There was one guy. What was what what something? What would you say about you got married and and, and what were you thinking? What was I thinking of? You know what? What did I do? That? And his wife is like. Thinking. <laughs> she's beautiful you love her i mean come on the list goes on say all kinds of things we were really good with the newlywed game we did that at um that we went part of our honeymoon was we went on a a couple's retreat with our church that we grew up in and so there was probably like i don't know 30 couples that were there at the retreat and they wanted to do the newlywed game but we were just married like a week before a few days before it was part of our honeymoon we went up to Mountain Lakes in Lytle Creek and camped and then came down and went to the couple's retreat. Oh, that's and, right. You and got a like, membership there. Well, my grandpa was a salesman. Oh. Yeah, he's, he sold there for 30 years, oh. sold memberships. But um, so they were like, oh, we're going to get Kyle and Sharissa because it's a new, like they're not going to realize the things that they don't know each other. And we schooled them. We schooled all kinds of couples. They're so and they're good. like, what the heck? <laughs> People have been together for like, 30 plus years, yeah. I think. At that but we point. were best friends before we ever dated or anything. So yeah. we really did know each other on that. I think that's that great. That's that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Rudy and I were total opposites. So it's like, you know, what? You know, we just, yeah, that's <laughs> brought that to an end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. Silence. <laughs> no, but we, it worked for us. It, it worked for us. No, that's about, that's was and is my best friend like we love spending time to, together and messing around and just anything watching tv or teasing or just hanging out mm-hmm. my bestie yeah Best. i was <laughs> we were driving down the road one day down in san san jacinto 
which we called Oh my goodness. Okay, we can go to Hemakula. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're driving down the road, and, and I was saying something, and Rudy says, you know, oh, that's right, Mary. And I'm like, oh, thank you. you know, and I'm just talking, just talking, and he says, that's right. Wow, that's good. And I'm, there, you know, going on, and he, the other child, you're right. And then he says, what's the difference between a know-it-all and someone who's always right? And I looked over at him. I says, about 15 inches. <laughs> and he just busted it. We're in the PT Cruiser. It's 15 <laughs> inches apart. <laughs> so he's just like, and well, we thought it was hilarious. That is, it is funny. funny. It was, <laughs> uh, we laughed all the way home. We're just like, you know, he says, where do you get that stuff? And I says, God. God gives me all this, this funny stuff. You know. Yeah, so, you're witty. <laughs> you're, you're quick on your feet and everything. I love it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to be launching the Women's Connect group here soon, right? I had it yesterday. I yesterday. started yesterday. And um, uh, it was fun. We we played a couple of games. And the ladies were saying, you're you're kind of like, like still teaching the kids, huh? And I'm like, I kind of like that, you know. Right. <laughs> but we had a game of the alphabet. And then you put in the books of the Bible that are A, B, C, D. And if, there, if you can't find a book with that, that letter, you put in a Bible character like uh, oh, there you uh, go. Festus or, mm. you know, one of those. Is, um, yeah. And so like, oh, W, you know, a woman at the well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but anyway, so we had that, and that gave me an idea of where we're at on the books of the Bible. So then at the end, we played tic-tac-toe, and I'd ask a question. I did, you know, I divided it up, and you had two teams. So I'd ask a question about what I just taught. And, uh, and then I'd say, this is word for word what I just taught. And then I'd ask the question. And so that, that went, they had a great time. Just Aww, That's uh, so cool. Yeah. And uh, so it was fun. So you hold that at your house, and then every week? Every Monday at 2 every o'clock. Every Monday, 2 yeah. o'clock. Nice. So we'll make sure that we let all the ladies out there know. What is it called again? I'm so sorry. Oh, it's Kingdom Women. Kingdom Women. Yeah. Mondays, 2 o'clock weekly. At my house. At Mary's house. Address is highly classified. You actually have to make a $300 donation to Kyle and Sharissa Headley <laughs> yes. in order to get access to the address. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get 10%. Oh, of course. Hey. So does God. So does God. There's a 20% cut and on then that. Then 20, 10%, yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I had told Steve one time, I says, uh, when I tithe to the Lord, uh, I give, I, well, I told him I get 10% of that, and actually I get like 50%. I don't take it from that. I just give it to myself and go shopping. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of good. It's like, oh, here, I'm giving more to the Lord today. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> the more I can give, the more I can get. It's awesome. <laughs> that's funny. But that's what I had. My, one of my daughter came after Rudy passed away. She showed me a retail therapy. And so we went shopping, and we went shopping, and we went shopping. And then she flew back home, and I was still shopping, and I was <laughs> shopping. Oh, man. She comes back three months later, and we're shopping and shopping. So I, I think it's been two and a half years, and now I think it's been two weeks since I've been to the store, uh, you know, to shop, to buy something. So I, I think I've 
I'm being delivered from that. You're coming a far away, Larry. That's good. I don't. You're part of the twelve steps. <laughs> I don't know if the shopping <laughs> therapy would work for my wife. That's more me. But I'm very thrifty. I, I, so, I see. Yeah. Oh, that's her. She'd be like yard selling. Yeah. That's, oh, that's what she loves. I'm having a yard sale. I'm October, coming. The 13th, 14th of October, and it's in our community. So there's like uh, we have like 200 in the uh, houses in the community. Not all of them will participate. But, uh, yeah, I'm cleaning out a lot of stuff out of my house that's not necessary. I'm ready for it. Start saving yeah. me money, buddy. Um, give, when yeah. you give God our 10%, give me a 10%. Mm. <laughs> well, some people can have it for, you know. <laughs> Private talk, you know. <laughs> tell me what you want. I'll come help you. Were you here on Sunday? <laughs> yes. How'd yes. you like that sermon? It was awesome. Oh, I was so blessed to hear that. That just, you know, and we've been doing that in our connect groups where we go through the door. Well, we did that last uh, Monday, uh, Sunday yes. night. But we had, anyhow, you leave behind and you start anew. So therefore, with my garage sale, yeah, I'm leaving a lot of stuff out of my, taking it out of my house mm-hmm. that is it's not relevant to, my, to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my, a lot of my fabric um, and a lot of my uh, sewing things, quilting stuff, you know, things like that, quilting books and whatever. And, um, yeah, I'm going to really have a – I think I'm going to have a lot of stuff out there that people want mm. that I don't want anymore, that I, I'm not – you know, it's burden. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I should be sewing something. Get rid of the fabric. <laughs> <laughs> you get rid of the fabric. I don't have yeah. nothing to sew. Yeah, I feel you. And then I can just keep my mind on the Lord and like that, because I don't have that many years left. I do have. I bought enough bathing suits to last till I die. Oh my so goodness! I'm good for like, 20 <laughs> years. Hey, there we go. I'm okay with that. You know, nobody <laughs> likes to buy a bathing suit, and I found no. some, and I'm thinking that's it, man. Every color, let's get them. And, uh, she got every color just in case she changes her her style at some point. Yeah, she's like, I don't like pink anymore, so we're going with yellow now. Well, yeah, well, you put these down, and then you pick up another. You know, today I had on the I had on like a gold, not gold, but like a uh, yellow. Oh, what is it? Anyhow, like it a was tan fl- or something. It was floral, but it was like a deep orange yellow. Not gold. It's I'm kind of colorblind, like, so I'm the like wrong. Nude? Yeah. Huh? Like nude color? No, it's it's a bright, and then it's got like green flowers on it, and and then a little bit of pink. But it's a gold, dark, like a dark gold, like oh, a okay. bronze or something. Like a dark gold. Mm. <laughs> okay. Did you hear her? She said a dark gold, sir. Okay, I got you. Guys. I can't figure. I can't. You have. To, it's in my you, car. I was about to say you have to take pictures. She said it's me. in her car. <laughs> She's just ready She's like, to go swimming on. at any moment. I I went swimming today. She stayed and, uh, stuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> She's just ready for anyone to say you want to go for a swim. You yeah, like, hey. I got my swimsuit in my car. I'm going to the beach next week. It's like yeah, oh yeah, I'm ready. Got my stuff. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, Mary, it's been great having you in the studio. Mm-hmm. We've got to so learn much. a lot about you and obviously good laughs and fun talking. I can't wait to have you in here again. You have any last things, any final farewells you want to give to the audience? Oh, my goodness. I just think keep it light. Keep it light. Don't get burden yourself with uh, what you think is somebody else's problem. 
and don't think so much of your own problems. Just keep it light, and uh, uh, all things will pass. Mm. On that note, we love you, church. We can't wait to hear from you. As always, you can reach out at dpcitypod at gmail.com. Thanks for connecting with us today, and we'll talk to you later.